0: I want to say thank you, church. Thank you for your kindness, your thoughtfulness, your hospitality, your generosity, for your gifts. Thank you for the food that you brought by the house, the invitations to eat with you. I just want you to know I love you all. There is so much in this place. There's so much love, there's family, and there is unity. There's unity. We're all members of the same body. We all grieve together and we rejoice together. And over the years, I've been thinking all the different times I've been here. It's, uh, it's like coming back home, really. And I just want you all to know that you're all in my prayers and we continue to be in my prayers in these coming months. God has a plan and he is working it out in this church. You are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. We are blessed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Thanksgiving for just being a God that blesses us and hears us and watches over us. We thank him. We thank him. We thank him. Amen. And thank you, Pastor and Sister Josanne, for your kindness. And it it's such, such fun being with you guys. It is such fun. I enjoy it all the time. Amen. Are you all ready for the word this evening? Amen. No, I say, are you ready for the Word this evening? Amen. Amen. As we pull up to the Father's table, the Lord said, Blessed are they that hunger, and thirst; they shall be filled. And I hope and pray tonight that I'm looking at a bunch of hungry folk. Amen. God has been so good. This morning was amazing. Oh, the power and the atmosphere that was in here. And you know, I love it when you got this much space in front of the church and to see it filled up with dancing people oh that is a wonderful thing you got plenty of room to dance and shout amen praise god and i know god was so pleased and there's miracles miracles hanging in the balance and i'll be listening i'll be listening for reports they're coming in reports are coming in of healings deliverances I mean, I am anticipating and expecting it. Amen? Amen. So let's all stand together and um, we're going to go to two places in the scripture. First to the book of Colossians, the first chapter. We'll start at verse number 12 and then we're going to skip over to Genesis chapter 1. Now this, what I'm going to speak on tonight, is um, is something that I've spoken on in our Acts class, our Acts anniversary uh, for the last two years. <laughs> so all the people in the Acts class, say Amen. All right, and act like you never heard this before. Praise the Lord. But this, this afternoon, as I was praying, it just it just was in my spirit, and I and I'm thinking, Lord you sure this is what you want me to speak on? And all all I want to do is do his will. And I don't know why. You don't have to explain it. But I know he does all things well. And so this evening, from the book of Colossians, the first chapter, beginning in verse number 12, the Apostle Paul, he says, Giving thanks unto God. Which hath made us meet, made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Somebody say, God did that. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. And what's his son's name? Jesus. Jesus. In whom we have redemption through his blood. Even the forgiveness of sins. Jesus. Who is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of every creature. For by him. Not by them. But by him. Were all things created. That are in heaven that are in earth visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created by him jesus and for him in verse 17 and he is before all things and by him all things consist. Wow, that's a lot of information. He is before all things in principality, in power, and in origin. He is the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. In the beginning. God created the heaven and the earth. Hallelujah. All things were made by him and for him. Today I want to talk to you a little bit on this subject. In the beginning. In the beginning. Lord Jesus, we understand and recognize that There is nothing new under the sun. And for everything, there is a season. And you do all things well. Lord, we ask now tonight that just for a little while, you would take us back to the very beginning of time, creation. And God, help us to recognize just how awesome and powerful you are. That you see everything from the beginning and the ending and all in between. And so many, 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 many years ago, you saw each and every one of us here tonight. So we pray your perfect will be done. And Lord, don't let one person leave this place today without being changed by your awesome presence. And we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And let the church of the living God say, I said let that church that was good for you know that church down the street but let the church of the living God say and clap your hands one more time unto the Lord he is worthy to be praised hallelujah hallelujah glory to your matchless name in the name of Jesus, you all may be seated in the beginning, God. David said, what is man that thou art so mindful of him? We're like little specks of dust in all the things in the universe, and yet God looks at us, works with us, and most of all, he loves us. What is man that you would take time, amen, to to give your only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What a God. He's a mighty God. He's a powerful God. God is so big that... Our little infinite mind can't even begin to comprehend the massiveness of the creator we serve. But the Bible says in the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning. If we would just go all the way back to the beginning of all things, God is already there. He's there in the beginning. How? Because he is the beginning and he is the ending. Some time ago, I was teaching on a subject similar to this and somebody in the Bible class said, well, Brother Easter, I have a question for you. It don't seem like nobody's able to answer. I said, well, what is the question? He said, well, where where did God come from? I mean, he exists. Where did God come from? And instantly I had the answer. I knew the answer. You want to know what it is? Some of y'all do. You want to know where God came from? Yeah. See this way, this way you can go tell everybody you know, I know where God came from. I'm going to tell you what God came from. God came from nowhere because there was nowhere for God to come from. He simply is. Hallelujah, you must believe he is. He's not he was, he's not he's gonna be. He is the eternal I am. He is an ever-present God in your time of need. There's nothing like God. There's no comparison to God. And in the beginning, God, just the nature, just the nature of God tells us that he is to be worshiped why because he's god god wants worship he craves worship he desires praise so i imagine that back in the beginning before anything was god was there all by himself and it was just a little bit too quiet for him god don't like all this quiet stuff he likes noise Amen. And God's like company. He likes to have company. So what God did, God created the heaven. The Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. We're not even to comprehend in our imagination what's waiting for us on the other side It's going to be so awesome. There are colors over there you've never seen. Sounds over there you've never heard. There are things there waiting for us that will absolutely blow our minds. Heaven is beautiful, glorious, wonderful place. And then God said, I need some some worship. I need praise. And God created the angels. And the Bible says there are legions of angels, multitudes, thousands upon thousands of angels that gather around the throne of God and constantly they're there saying, holy, 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 Lord God almighty. Let me tell you, friend, if you don't like to praise God down here, you're not going to be comfortable up there. From one end of heaven to the other, there's nothing but continual praise and worship of the mighty king. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And God created all the angels and he filled heaven up. And he looked around and said, well, I'm going to make another creation. But this is going to be different from the angels. This next creation I'm going to make is going to be so unique. In fact, this creation is. It's going to be made in my own image. And God decided he was going to make man. Amen. Now, before God would make man, he would make him a dwelling place. So God created the heaven and the earth. When God created the earth six days he worked in putting things together six days hallelujah he amen he caused the grass to grow he filled the seas with fish Fowl filled the air beasts came and walked the earth and it was a paradise a paradise now you've been to places and visited places that you thought was pretty cool and really nice and perhaps even breathtaking But nothing we can see today can compare to what God created in paradise. The Garden of Eden was awesome. And you know what? God created everything just for man. And on the sixth day, after he finished all his creation, then finally he said, now I'm going to create my greatest. I'm going to create man. And I'm going to create him in my image. I'm going to make man different from the angels. I'm going to make him different from the animals. I'm going to cause man to have a will, a freedom of choice. And so, God stepped back. And he looked at the earth and he bent down and, and he grabbed a hand full of dirt. That's right. That's all you are. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you were something else, didn't you? But you ain't nothing but a ball of dirt. And God grabbed this dirt put this dirt together and start forming it and start shaping it and start creating it. And God created man. And there man was, laying on the ground, lifeless. He had form, but he didn't have spirit. And you know, that's what people are today without God. They only are a form, but they don't have the spirit. And God looked at his creation and he said, ah, oh, this, is, this is good. And then God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. And instantly, man became a living soul. That's the part that's like God. The soul, that's the part of man that's eternal. Your soul will never cease to exist. Even in this life, even in the next life, your soul will continue to live throughout all eternity. And so man was a living soul. And God said, this is good. And so God had relationship with man. It's always been God's desire to have a relationship with mankind his greatest desire is that you and he become one so god had fellowship with man he was so excited he was so happy about working with man and then when god put man in the garden the first thing god did was give man a job it's always been god's will that a man have a job and all the men say amen (laughs) god said i'm gonna give you a job in fact i'm gonna give you two jobs I want you to till the garden, and I want you to be responsible to naming all the animals of creation. Adam was perfect. He was super highly intelligent, and man, he was happy. He had a job, he had a place to live, and he had a relationship with his creator. It was beautiful, and God delighted in Adam. And God sat back and watched Adam, man, as the animals came, and can you imagine? All the names that animals have today came from Adam. We still call them by some of the same names that Adam named them. And it must have took a long time to name all the animals. That's a lot of animals. He named the giraffes. Can you imagine this creepy looking creature coming up with a long neck? And Adam looked at him, hmm. Giraffe. (laughs) What is this creature over here? Oh, let's see. This is, uh, I'm going to call you a rhinoceros, and you, mosquito. (laughs) And so he went naming all the animals, and God was so pleased, and God looked back, and everything God created, God said, this is good, that's good, that's good. And when he watched man work and naming the animals, that was the first time God said, "Hmm." It's not good for man to be alone. And so he said, I'm gonna create a helpmeet for man. I'm gonna create something so much better than what I've already made. I'm gonna create a female for man and help me. Oh, someone to stand beside him. Amen. And keep him out of trouble. <laughs> I got somebody listening to me tonight. And so God, God approached Adam and and I can imagine this all in my head. And God goes to Adam and said, Adam, Adam, I got I got a surprise for you. Well, what is it, God? I got a special gift for you, Adam. Well, God, what is it? He said, It's a surprise. Okay, I want it. You really want it? I really want it. Okay. Close your eyes. <laughs> and lay down. Lay down, Adam. And Adam lay down, and God said, okay. And the Bible says he caused a deep sleep to fall over Adam. Adam went to a deep sleep. He didn't know what was going on. And God moved over to Adam, and he began to do some surgery on that boy. He opened up his side and reached in and took out a rib. And God said, I'm going to create this one different from the way I created man. I created man from the dirt. But this one, I'm going to create with my own hands from his rib. And I'm going to shape and form. And God got to working. He got to moving. And man, the more he worked, the better it started to look. Man, he put it all together, and boom, shakalaka, there she was. (laughs) God looked at her, and this is good. God moved her over to the side. You stay right there. He goes back over to Adam. Wake up, son. Wake up, Adam, wake up. Adam wakes up. Oh, Oh, man, what is it, Lord? Get up. Get up. Time for your surprise. Adam gets up, and he's like, oh, my son. (laughs) Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Adam, I'm going to present to you my special gift. Adam stood there, and God stood back and looked back, and he said, come forth. And she walked out from around the bushes, and she stood before Adam And Adam's eyes got so big and he looked at her and he said, Whoa, man! And it stuck. (laughs) My, he was so happy. He was so excited. And God performed the first marriage ceremony. God said, Now, Adam, This is woman, and she's bone of your bone, and she's flesh of your flesh, and now the two of you will become one. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, marriage is a God thing. Amen. It's a God thing. Amen. It is holy matrimony. Oh, the world and messed it all up and just Did everything he could do against it. But I'm telling you, God puts a lot of importance in a marriage relationship. Hallelujah. So there was Adam and Eve. And and God said, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth. And God set order in the family. The order. God is number one. He's got to be first. After God is the man. Amen. Amen. The man is the priest of his home. Then comes the woman and then the children. And both of them raise up the children. Amen. Now back then, God spoke to the man. Adam, I'm going to speak to you. What I say to you, you tell it to Eve. And then both of you raise your children up together. That was the holy order of the home. And God said, now, Adam and Eve, I want you to just enjoy this paradise, enjoy this relationship. But I'm I'm not going to let you be like robots. I'm not going to let you be like puppets. And you're going to do everything I tell you to do. You're going to have the ability to choose. But in order for you to choose, you've got to have something to choose against. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to plant two trees in the midst of the garden. Listen good. And listen closely. Over here is a tree. This, Adam, Eve, is the tree of life. You can eat of this tree and live forever. Over here is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Do not, do not. Can I say it one more time? Do not eat of this tree. Because in the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. So God, that's the way God is. He don't leave things to your imagination. He tells you straight out, this is right, this is wrong. If you do right, this is your reward. If you do wrong, this is your reward. God has not changed. Now, when you look at that situation, Adam and Eve could eat Of all the trees in the garden, except one. Now, that's a good deal. (laughs) That's a good deal. All the trees, all the berry trees, all the fruit trees, all the vegetation. They could just have the time of their life. God only said one tree is forbidden. Amen. Now, the devil was cast down to the garden to test man. That old devil is, he's, he's very patient. That devil is very conniving. That devil is very slick. But he will wait for you. The only place Satan could tempt man was at that tree. He can tempt him everywhere else. But only one place, only, man, only one place, The devil could tempt man was at the forbidden tree and that's where that dude hung out. Now, Adam and Eve knew better. The Bible says, abstain from the appearance of evil. Don't go near it. I hope somebody listening to me today. If it's not of God, Get away from it. Don't go near it. Don't play with it. Put no confidence in your flesh. Hallelujah. Man, you got people you know, you know going to that place is wrong. But you feel like, I can handle it. I can go. Ain't nothing going to happen. You better be careful. Amen. Certain people you shouldn't be hanging around. Amen. Certain places you shouldn't be going. Ain't nothing wrong with going to the bar. I ain't going to drink nothing. You better be careful. Put no confidence. Don't give the devil no open door. Be careful what you listen to. Amen. Be careful what you're watching. Amen. We've got to protect ourselves because the devil is very slick. You might think you're strong, but when you think you're strong, that's when you're So there they were. There they were. They could eat of all the fruit. They could go anywhere in paradise they wanted to go, but they needed to stay away from the forbidden tree. Amen. And so it happened. Now, how many married couples we have in here tonight? Married couples, raise your hand. Husband and wife. All right. look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Beautiful. Now, I think Adam and Eve was just as normal as we are. They were real people. I don't believe, now this is just me talking, I don't believe Adam and Eve were together every single time of the day. They weren't Siamese twins. I mean, I believe there was a time Adam was down at the the brook fishing and Eve was washing clothes. I believe there was a time when they were not together. I don't believe it was possible they could be together all the time. And so when I look at this scenario, I figure, man, you know, people, Adam Adam was standing there next to Eve while the devil was talking to her. I just can't picture that. I can't see a man, perfect wisdom, perfect knowledge, a man would sit there and watch his wife be abused by the devil and not say nothing. I, I, I just can't see that. So what I believe happened, Adam was off somewhere doing something, working on his car. Or, no, they didn't have cars. Um, <laughs> well, he was doing something. And Eve, Eve was probably gathering little plants and stuff to decorate their home. And, and she was walking through the garden and just singing and not paying attention really to where she's going. And she's getting closer to the tree. And she's putting stuff in a basket, and she's kind of thinking about this and that. And then the closer she got to the tree, the devil saw her coming. And the devil was like, just a little more closer. Just come a little bit closer. He'd been waiting a long time. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, he has not changed. He's got a trap for you. Everybody in this sanctuary, you got a target on your back. The devil is seeking, hallelujah, weak Christians, sleepy Christians, lukewarm Christians, those whom he may devour amen we need to be strong in the lord and in the power of his might because we can't fight this fight in our own strength and in our own wisdom but eve wasn't thinking and somehow or another she got close enough to that tree where the devil could get her attention and i see it happening i see it like this eve was walking past the tree and the devil looked up and said psst you. Come here. Eve stopped, looked at that old serpent and the Bible records his first words and it came in the form of a question. That serpent said, "Hath God said, and you know the devil ain't changed. He's still questioning the word of God. And he still haven't stopped asking the questions. Did God say this? Did God say that? In other words, do you know what God said? Do you know the word of God? That's why, brothers and sisters, we've got to be people of the word. Hallelujah. We need to hide that word in our heart. We need to embrace that word. We need to memorize that word. Hallelujah. We need to bring it to church. Glory to God, hallelujah. And the devil is wanting to know how much of God's word do you know? Because the devil knows the Bible. I mean, he knows it from cover to cover. And if you don't know the word of God, he will take advantage of you. Hey, have God said, you can't eat of all the trees of the garden. Look how the devil works. The apostle Paul said, don't be ignorant of his devices, study him and know how he works because he's not very creative. He keeps using the same tricks over and over. And this is number one of his tricks. Did God say you can't? Did God say you can't? You can't. You can't. The devil specializes in negatives, specializes in negatives. Amen. You can't. You can't. Did God say you can't? People come through the doors of this church, sit in this sanctuary, hear some of the most anointed preaching, and can feel the power of the Holy Ghost, and won't come to give their life to God. Why? Because while they're sitting there thinking, man, that preacher telling the truth, I know I need God. I need to get my life together. And before they can make a decision, that old devil come up and say, well, if you give your life to God, you can't, you can't, amen. Amen. When I first got saved, I went with one of my old DJ buddies, and we got to talking. I said, man, I go to church there. I don't go to the clubs no more. He said, you go to church Easter? I said, yeah. He said, man, that's awesome. What church? I said, the Pentecostal church, apostolic. He said, ooh. I'm brand new. I didn't know what he was talking about. He said, ooh, man, I don't know if you want to get around those people. I said, so what are you talking about? Man, my grandma's Pentecostal. Brother, those people don't play. Aren't you glad you're in a church that don't play? My God, I'm glad I'm in a church that means what it says and preaches the way it's supposed to be preached. He said, man, those Pentecostals don't play. I don't know if you're ready for this. I said, what are you talking about? He said, bro, you get hooked up in an apostolic church man you can't dance no more how many know you can still dance yeah. hallelujah i can still dance i just changed dancing partners i was dancing for the devil but now i'm dancing with jesus hallelujah ain't no party like a holy ghost party because a holy ghost party don't yeah. Woo! hallelujah Oh, man, you don't know what you're talking about. But no, you, you can't dance no more. Then he kept going. And not only that, bro, you, you, you hang out with those apostolic people. You know how you like to get drunk? You can't get drunk no more. I say you wrong there. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many know you can still get drunk? Not as they suppose, but with the power of the Holy Ghost. The new wine. The new wine. The new wine. Hallelujah. You can still get drunk. He thought he was helping me out. Man, you can't dance. You can't drink. Man, you can't get high. What you talking about can't get high? Man, you smoking that stuff. The J you got can't compare to the J I got. The J I got is holy smoke. Gold from the tribe of Judah. And you don't need a pipe. And you don't need rolling papers. And you don't need all that junk. You just get high on Jesus. And you can never come down. Glory, hallelujah. You can't do this. You can't do this. And I stopped. I said, Holy bro. You telling me all the things I can't do to live for God, but you never considered something. He said, what's that? Everything you telling me I can't do, living for God, you can't do in a devil's hell. He said, what are you talking about? I said, bro, in hell, you ain't going to be going to no clubs. In hell, you're not going to be chasing women. In hell, you're not going to be getting drunk. In hell, you're not going to be smoking. Well, you might be smoking. (laughs) But everything you say, I got to give up to live for Jesus, you're going to give up in a devil's hell. And if you got to give it up anyway, if you got to give it up anyway, you might as well give it up and live the best life you can possibly live in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said, you ain't giving up nothing that won't be replaced a thousand times better. The devil is a liar. Oh, that devil, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't eat of all the trees of the garden. Now, that was true. That's a true statement. But notice how the devil twists it. He magnifies the little things and minimizes the big things. The devil wouldn't tell Adam and Eve, you can eat of all the trees except one. That's a good deal. But he focus on that one. He focused on that one thing and try to make you feel God is holding something back from you. But he is holding something back from you. He's holding back pain. He's holding back disappointment. He's holding back scars. He's holding back all these things. You don't need none of that stuff. Hallelujah. He's keeping you from all those things that would destroy your life hallelujah the devil is so slick but he got all he got eve's attention he got her attention and the devil has not changed his tactics he's still using the same tricks today he presented the fruit and he showed it to eve and eve looked at the fruit and he said, did God say you can't eat of all the trees? And Eve said, oh, "Well, I know what God said. I know the word of God. Or well, what is the word of God? God said we can't eat of it. Neither shall we touch it or else we'll die. And the devil knows the word. And he knew Eve messed up. Because God didn't mention nothing about touching. He said, don't eat. And the Bible says, don't add to the word and don't take away from it once you start adding to the word it's not the word is your opinion and the devil is not moved by your opinion and as soon as eve said god said don't touch it the devil knew he had her then oh no 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 that's not true god knows in the day you eat of this fruit you're gonna be just like him He's holding this back from you. He don't want you to know. You can be in charge of your own life. Do what you want to do. Be like Burger King. Have it your way. You don't need nobody telling you what to do, how to dress, how to do, wear your hair, where to go. Who needs that kind of stuff? Do your thing. And he put that fruit in front of her and the first thing eve did was look at it we need to be careful what we look at oh hallelujah the eye is the gate to your soul now more than ever we need to put a guard On our eyes. David said, I made a covenant with God that I will not look at anything that is not right. I'm telling you, in this world of lust, in this world of sin, and every year it gets worse and worse and worse. People walking around and half naked everywhere. The fashions of the world is less, is more. I tell you, one day I was walking through the airport. I couldn't believe the stuff I saw. I saw one lady walk past me. I was like, oh, my goodness. Did she know she looked like that when she went outside? I mean, the stuff people wear, no shame, not embarrassed. And there are some folks, man, that I mean to tell you, they got less clothes on, but you be thinking, man, somebody need to help that person. They need to cover that up. <laughs> it does not look good. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But the world, the world is getting more and more promiscuous. The world is getting more and more lustful. And I'm telling you, in this hour, we need to be more careful than anybody to keep our eyes on the prize. Hallelujah. Be careful what you look at. She saw the fruit and saw that it was good. It went from lust of the eye to lust of the flesh. It's good. It's going to taste good. It's going to taste good. And now we're living in a world where people are so governed by their feelings, their emotions. It tastes good. It feels good. It looks good. And people judge everything by those things. They, they judge church service the same way. That's where we got to be careful. We can't go to church and judge it by emotions. Emotions are up, emotions go down, emotions go all the way around. But God's word is steadfast. If we start going to church based on our emotions and and, and judging services based on our emotions, we're going to end up in a world of trouble. How was church today? Eh, it was all right. Pastor was okay, (laughs) based on how you feel. Hey, we got a guest speaker tonight. Who is it? Oh, Brother Easter. Man, that guy, something else, I like him. You better. (laughs) (laughs) But we need to be careful about that. the bible says he that has an ear to hear let him hear not what the man behind the pulpit is saying but what the spirit of god is saying if the preacher stumbles if he stutters it don't matter if he got bad english that don't matter what matters is the anointing of the holy ghost and the word of god that's coming forth that can change your destiny praise god so eve started looking at the fruit And then, the pride of life, she figured if I bite of this fruit, I'll be wise. I'll be like God. And that's been one of the deals with all mankind. Man wants to be his own God. He wants to be his own God. He wants to be in charge of his own self. Amen. Somebody said one time, I said, well, man, you know, I do my own thing. No, you don't. Nobody in here do your own thing. Not a person in here do what you do just because you want to do it. Nobody. You are being governed by one of two spirits. Either you are being led by the Holy Ghost or you're being led by the spirit of the devil, one or the other. You are captive to some spirit. I pray to God that we are all captive of the Holy Ghost and we will yield and, and do what the Holy Ghost tells us to do, live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. The devil ain't changed. When Eve looked at it, when Eve desired to taste it, when Eve felt like this would make her somebody, she reached for the fruit and bit it. Man. A change took place. Now, you know, people say, and it's true, Adam and Eve, they were, they were naked walking through the garden. But I don't think they were naked like we think nakedness. I think they were clothed with a glory light. I think there was a, a glow that surrounded them and everywhere they walked through the garden you can see two figures of light walking through the garden you said, why do you say that brother easter because that same light is in you today it's in you it's not outside of you but now it's in you that's why jesus said ye are the light of the world amen So I picture Adam and Eve had this glow, the anointing of God, the presence of God. They had this light on them. But when Eve bit that fruit, the light left. She was exposed. And now here comes brother Adam. Wherever it was he was doing, now he's, where's that woman at? Eve! Eve! Where did that woman go? So he started walking through the garden. Eve! Eve, where are you? Eve! And he walked over by the forbidden tree. And right next to the tree, he saw Eve completely naked. And Adam was like, what what have you done? What? And he looked, and she had the fruit in her hands, her teeth marks all in it. He was like, no, Eve. No, you didn't. Eve, you didn't. And she just stood there, tears streaming down her cheeks. Now, you notice the devil said nothing to Adam. Didn't say a word. He just just giggling and laughing. I got her. I got her. But Adam was in a very precarious situation. The woman that he loved. The woman that was bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh had now crossed over to the dark side. There was the the division there. And it's never been God's will that light and darkness be together. It's never been God's will that you be unequally yoked. So there's Adam still in the light. Eve is in the darkness. Now Adam had a problem. He had to make a choice. He could not have Eve and God at the same time. Light and darkness won't mix. So what you gonna do, brother Adam? And I'm thinking, let Adam, don't do it, boy. Don't do it, Adam. Don't be a fool over some woman. Now, I've known a lot of men that done some dumb stuff over women. <laughs> Look at the brothers, they looking down at the floor. <laughs> Men have lost their homes, lost their jobs, lost their families, lost their reputation over a woman. And I'm thinking, why in the world would a man do that when you got all kinds of women to choose from? But not Adam. He only had one, and she was the one woman in the whole world. (laughs) Wow. So I kind of feel for the brother. What you going to do Adam? Make a choice. Either you be with Eve or you be with God. And you might think, no contest man. I'm going to be with God. It's not that easy. She was the only woman in the world. And she was fine. So Adam started thinking, okay God, I love you you good to me and He looked at eve and said but Eve." <laughs> finally he just made his mind give me that fruit yeah. took it bit it the glory left oh now they both messed up man we're in trouble now we're in trouble now then the bible says they were afraid first time fear is mentioned in the scripture sin brings fear so adam and eve now they're afraid oh we're we gonna do what are we gonna do well first thing we gotta do we gotta cover ourselves up i mean we can't walk around like this and they ran over there and started grabbing branches and bushes and covering themselves up and no matter how much you try to cover your sin it'll never work you cannot do anything to cover yourself Man, they put branches around them and bushes and everything. And they went out hiding. And man, they just there hoping that God won't see them. And then the Bible says, in the cool of the evening, the voice of the Lord came walking through the garden. God came to meet Adam and Eve at that place they had reserved for fellowship. He still wants a special place to fellowship with you. Hallelujah. Everybody in here ought to have a special time, a special place where it's just you and God, where you could just get away from the cares of life and the cares of the world, whether it's in your little office or in your bedroom, just get a little time and say, Lord, this is just you and me time. God loves that. And there was a time he met with Adam and Eve and God showed up and he was on time. When he got to the place, Guess who wasn't there? Adam and Eve. God never moves. It's us that moves. He's always the same. So there he was, looking around. Adam, Adam, where are you? You know God knew where they were. God knows everything. He saw Adam and Eve hiding behind the bush. He knew where they were, just like he knows where you are. But he still asked the question. Then the question wasn't for God's sake. It wasn't for him to know. It was for Adam. Adam, do you know where you are? And he's still asking that question tonight. Do you know where you are? Do you know where you are in your relationship with God? Are you in the place you're supposed to be? Sometimes we, we can't take this salvation for granted. The Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Examine yourself. Take heed to yourself because you might be slipping and not know it. Do you know where you are? Adam, where are you? Adam hiding behind the bushes, knees just a knocking. Shh, be quiet, Eve. Don't say nothing. Maybe he won't see us. To finally, he gets up and says, oh God, we got to go. We got to go. Adam gets up and he walks over into the presence of God, branches everywhere. God looks at him and immediately, what has thou done? What is this you got on? The glory is gone, and your attempt to cover yourself is not gonna work. Adam, what has thou done? Now this was Adam's opportunity to get things right. This was Adam's opportunity to just man up and take responsibility. This was Adam's opportunity to confess his sin. It's always been God's will that we learn to confess our sin. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He is just. He is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many times do I go to God to confess? It doesn't matter. It's no limit. You just keep coming to Him. You just keep coming to Him. And the more He wash you, the more He cleans you, the stronger you're going to be, the more you're going to appreciate Him. But you got to confess. Adam, what has thou done? Adam stood there before the Lord, and he looked into the eyes of God, and Adam was like, the woman, the woman, the woman you gave me, I didn't ask for this was good all by myself i mean i had a a place to live i had a job i was happy working but no it was your idea man always looking for somebody to blame amen man if i just lived in a better neighborhood i wouldn't have been the rank of center that i am they ain't got nothing to do with it Man, if I just had different parents, I would have came out different. That ain't got nothing to do with it. You didn't have a choice about who your parents were. You didn't have a choice about what neighborhood you grew in. You didn't have a choice about a lot of things. But you got a choice where you're going to spend eternity. Oh, yes. You got a choice where you're going to spend eternity. Boy, God was so mad. He was so angry. Woman, what hast thou done? Eve walks up. Oh, and this was her chance to repent, her chance to confess. But Eve, she looks at God, then she goes like this. The serpent. (laughs) It was the serpent. He beguiled me. The serpent, like old Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it. Oh, God was so angry. He was so upset. God got so mad, he started cursing. Not like that, though, sister. Not that way. He cursed the ground. He cursed the man. He put a curse on the woman. He cursed the serpent. God was angry. Why? Because his greatest relationship was destroyed by sin. And it hurt him to his heart. It broke his heart. And now the holy God cannot dwell in the presence of an unholy people. And God said, I can't allow sin to go on forever. You can no longer have access to the tree of life. You can't, we can't let sin go forever. And so God put an angel with a flaming sword to protect the way of the tree of life and told Adam and Eve, you got to get out the garden. You got to get out of my sight. God hates sin. He's not changed. He hates it. But he watched Adam and Eve walk away. They were broken. They were hurting. They were crying. God's heart was broken. And the devil was laughing. He takes delight every time one of you guys backslide. He takes delight every time somebody say, I turn my back on God. The devil celebrates. But it breaks God's heart. So the devil said, I got them now. They belong to me. But God, whoa, hallelujah, the story wasn't over. God watched Adam and Eve walk away from him, and he had a plan. Hold it, Adam, Eve. They turned around. There's one way you can come back to me. There is a way you can come back to God. God looked at Adam and Eve and he says, You're unholy. I'm holy. You're in the darkness. I'm in the light. But there's a way you can come back to me. What is it, God? What is it, God? That covering you got on is not going to work. The covering you provide for yourself is not going to be satisfactory. But I've got a covering for you. I've got a covering for you. There's only one way you can stand in the presence of a holy God. You've got to be covered. You've got to be covered. Covered with what? You've got to be covered with the blood of the Lamb that's the only way we can come back to God that's the only way man can be restored and so God looked over and saw an animal the Bible don't say what kind of animal it was but I tend to believe it was a lamb and he killed it something innocent had to die to cover man's sin He took the skin off of that animal. He wrapped it around Adam. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't something to brag about. It was damp. It was wet. It was bloody. And Adam stood there in the presence of God with that bloody coat on. And the blood, the blood dripped down his elbows. The blood dripped down his legs. The blood dripped down his back. He was covered by the blood. And then God took another animal. He killed it, took the skin off, put it around Eve. And then she too was covered by the only thing that can bring restitution. She was covered by the only thing that can bring you back to God. And that's the blood, that's the blood of an innocent lamb. (laughs) Hallelujah. And that lamb still lives. And the way to come back to God still exists. The only way you and I, sinners born in sin, the only way we can stand in front of a holy God is to have the covering of that lamb the bible says and i'm closing the bible says there was a day when crowds of people had gathered by the jordan river and there was a prophet named john baptizing and when he looked up he saw him he said behold that's him that's the lamb in the book of Genesis. That's the lamb in the book of Exodus where they killed it and put the blood on the door. That's the lamb. Hallelujah. Represented by thousands of lambs that were sacrificed at the altar in an approach to God. Jesus is the lamb, the ultimate sacrifice to cover, to cover your sins, to cover my sins. There's no other way. We can stand in his presence. You've got to have the right covering. I don't know where you are today, and I may not know your name or your address, but I'm here to tell you, God knows every one of you. His, that his desire is that you be covered in the blood and that you can be restored into his presence. Nothing else will do this all is not a new doctrine it's not something some church came up with but it all began in the beginning from the very beginning god had a plan so in order for you to make heaven your home he's not going to ask what denomination you're with what group are you with are you a baptist are you catholic are you apostolic He's not going to worry about those terms. But this is what the Lord is going to say. When I see the blood. When I see the blood, my judgment is going to pass over you. When I see the blood, you're safe. When I see the blood, you're accepted. But I've got to see the blood. So are you blood covered tonight? Have you been washed in the blood tonight? It's more than just going to church and being religious. You need the blood of Jesus. Brother Easter, I want the blood of Jesus. How can I be sure I'm covered in the blood? The scriptures declare that there are three that bear record in the earth. The water, the blood, and the spirit. These three agree in one. First John chapter five and verse number eight. Brothers and sisters, I can't show you His Spirit, and I cannot show you His blood, but I can show you the water. I can lead you to the water. If you want to be covered by the blood of Jesus, you've got to get in the water. And when you get in the water, hallelujah. That's something powerful that happens in the water when that preacher call out the name that is high above every name that is named when he call out the name jesus the spirit comes the blood comes and your sins are washed away in the blood of the lamb hallelujah let's all stand together shall we oh god i thank you for the blood I thank you for loving us so much. Thank you, God, for for looking at us and watching over us and following us every day, desiring a relationship, not with just us, but the whole world. The whole world needs the blood of Jesus. And tonight, if you're here tonight and you are not covered in the blood, don't walk out of here the same way you came in. But say tonight, I need the blood. I want that relationship with God. I need to be baptized tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. If you are baptized any other way, there's no blood. Somebody say, I will baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. There's no blood when you say, Father. There's no blood when you say, Son. There's no blood when you say Holy Ghost. But when you call on the name Jesus, 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 the blood flows, the blood flows, the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. From the beginning of time, he had a plan this is it friend repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the washing away for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the holy ghost this promise is to you and it's to your children and all of newark ohio if you need it tonight don't hesitate one minute don't give the devil another second of your time if you need to be baptized in jesus name i want you to step out from where you are and come to the front of the church and say brother easter i want the blood i want to be sure i'm covered in the blood i need it i desire come on up here if you want to be baptized come on if you desire to have the blood applied to your life hallelujah This has been God's plan from the beginning, from the beginning of time, and his plan for you tonight. Come and be washed in the blood before it's too late. Come and be washed in the blood while you still have time. Let's pray, church. Perhaps somebody here need a little encouragement. Maybe someone, if you go to them and ask them, would you like to be baptized today? I'll go with you. But while you do that, we're going to sing this song. And let's pray, not only for our families, but let's pray for this whole city. Men and women across the street, men and women driving up and down the road, they need the blood. They need the blood. Let's pray together, shall we?